This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Travel C.W. Lynch. He's a certified personal trainer, ordained minister, mentor, motivational speaker, and author of The Corridor to Confidence. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to the 2019 you? Um, the 2019 me, um, it, it has been quite a journey. I won't take you all the way back to the, to the moment I was born, but I will take you back to, um, to the place where I believe I can most identify with, with the person that that I've become and, and the mission and the work that I do, uh, kind of began. And that was, um, I was 19 years old and I was, I had recently, uh, purchased about an ounce of marijuana uh, from a buddy of mine. And I was in the car, I was in the backseat of a car, riding home uh, with some guys that I really weren't all that familiar with. And we were, they were to take me to go get the marijuana and then they were to take me you know, home from, from uh, purchasing it. And uh, as we entered the uh, neighborhood, the, the uh, driver said that he needed to uh, use the restroom. And so he drove into this alley. Uh, when he drove into the alley, um, he jumped out really fast. And no sooner than he jumped out and kind of disappeared between uh, some houses, uh, two gentlemen from either side of the car uh, rushed up to the car. My back window was down. Uh, it was like in the uh, summertime. So the back window was down and a gentleman uh, with um, a purple rag wrapped around his face where I really couldn't see his face, but he ran up to the car and he put a gun to my head and he said, you know, and I won't say exactly what he said, but you can imagine, you know, he, he said, give me what you have, give me your weed. And I told him no. And then he pressed the gun against my head and he continued to scream and yell, give me your weed, give me your weed. So long story short, obviously this was a setup. They knew the timing. They knew uh, what I had on me, and they knew what they were trying to get from me. Uh, but as I recall that story uh, and that gun being put to my head, um, I continued to to scream no. And there was a moment where um, after about the third or fourth no, I remember hearing a sound that, you know, I'll never forget. And that was the sound of, of, the, of the gun's hammer uh, being pulled back and snapping. It was this loud pow, and nothing came out. But the fact that he would pull the trigger and the fact that he would have that gun to my head and the fact that I would say no, you know, to a hundred and maybe $20 bag of marijuana, um, I could have easily given it to him and, you know, got out the car and, you know, went back to where I you know, purchased it from and got some more. So as I look back at that story, um, with the gun to my head, I was willing to get my head blown off. You know, I was willing to die for a $120 bag of uh, marijuana. And so in my faith journey, I've come to believe, and because I'm kind of from the 
hood. Um, I understand that, you know, many of us ran around uh, with guns. And so for him to pull the trigger, um, I believe that it was an act of God, an act of faith, because you're not going to pull a trigger on a gun that you know don't have bullets. If he, you know, decided in his mind that I wasn't going to give up what I had, he could have easily just ran off and, you know, I wouldn't have given chase and, and that kind of would have been the end of it. But for him to pull the trigger and nothing to come out, I believe that in that moment, God was saving my life. But now the, the 2019 me, I can look back and I can say I had such a, a lack of self-value, no self-worth, um, because I was willing to trade my very life um, for a $120 bag of marijuana. Um, so, you know, long story short from there, um, you know, the driver came back, um, they gave some excuse, they, they dropped me off in the middle of the street and life went on, as they say, you know, kind of in the hood. It was just another day in the hood, so to speak. Um, those types of things um, tend to happen a lot uh, where, where I'm from. But looking back at that now, Coming back up to 2019, um, I now champion self-worth uh, and, and I, now, I now speak and preach and teach and write for the purpose of helping people to see their value and to see their worth. And I think that had I not had that story, had I not had that experience in that moment, I don't know if I could ever really pinpoint. I mean, I knew I didn't grow up with any self-value. I know I didn't grow up with any self-worth, but something that dramatic sort of does something to you. It, 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 it leaves a, a lasting imprint on your mind. Um, and so when I look back at that, I understand that I've always had value. I've always been significant, but I, I couldn't see it at that time. And, um, I didn't know how to live that out or to, you know, express that. Um, so that was the point in time that I look back on and I say that was the lowest of my low, that my life wasn't worth, you know, more than $120. And so coming up to to now and today, um, that that gave me sort of the platform, that gave me sort of the credential, so to speak, to be able to now share that story um, and share my life with those who still today now struggle with having self-value and self-worth. Yeah, and I think it starts with yourself, ultimately, like the self-value, self-worth and everything that you want to achieve. It's not competing or trying to, you know, outdo someone else. It's basically like a battle within yourself. So like you versus you. It is, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that struggle with a lot of things, but, you know, Every day people go up or you go in a store and they say, you know, how are you? And regardless of how you are, the common answer is like, I'm good. There's yep. situations where it's like not conversational. So my grandfather passed away three months ago. Mm. So during that time, he was in the hospital actually for a week with like a serious stroke. And I was there with him every day. So I had to go to the store and the person asked me, how are you? And I was like, do you really want to know how I am? I'm, I'm pretty bad right now. Mm. And the conversation didn't really go on. So yeah. it's one of those societal things where you're just being polite. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't stop and listen to people because I think everyone is going through something and everyone is struggling with something regardless if they have, you know, that positive self-image at the time or they're still trying to look and find something to cling on to. No, absolutely. Yep. 
I agree with that 100%. Yeah, many times we we <laughs> we we say good because we've been trained to, we've been conditioned to. It's so common that we're we're not even sensitive or, you know, as I like to say, we're not even conscious to our conduct. We're just we're just kind of going along throughout the day. And again, like you said, it's many people don't really want to know how you're really doing because the fear is if I really knew how you were really doing, then I'd have to answer to that or I'd have to address that or I'd have to search within myself, you know, how would I relate to that? And because we are in a society where we where we tend to want to fix problems and we're wired to to kind of, you know, provide some sort of solution uh, when something's wrong instead of letting things be and letting people be, I think that we avoid that conflict or we, you know, avoid knowing how people really are. It's almost like we're relieved when they say, oh, you know, I'm doing good because sometimes you could even see it in their eyes. No, they're not doing good, but you don't really want to hear how bad they're doing because then that calls you to action. And, and, and because sometimes we don't see, you know, how we could contribute to that solution, then, then we just try to avoid those situations. Kind of checking off a box, being polite. It's not <laughs> any kind of um, depth to it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you stop, you know, and listen to somebody and actually ask, can I do something for you or how you are? Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. People are like kind of shocked. Like they don't know, you know, you know, what are you trying to sell or what's your angle if you're just genuine and, you know, try to help or just listen to somebody. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important being there for people in those kind of situations because me and my wife, we're uh, actually foster parents. So we have a lot of kids coming from situations that are like really crazy. And just being there, listening to the kids and just being present, it goes a long way to kind of um, show that there's more in life. I mean, they're coming, I'm in New Jersey, so they're coming from like inner city areas like Trenton and Camden, where all they see is like violence and, you know, abuse. Mm -hmm. So exposing them to another way of life could set them up, you know, to be who they're really meant to be instead of taking kind of that wrong path. That's right. That's right. So what motivates you to succeed? What motivates me to succeed? Um, I live by this uh, conviction that simply says that we are not created to simply make a contribution, but created to be um, a contribution. And when I think about motivation, uh, inspiration, I look at it like a key to an ignition, right, to a car, Right. It's it's motivation gets you motivated, gets you moving in a certain direction. Um, And so if you look at it from a day to day perspective, what motivates me day in and day out is knowing and believing that I am currently, no matter my conditions, situations, income, uh, going back to the earlier conversation, no matter how bad I'm doing in and of myself, I believe that I am, as I believe all of us are literally a contribution to the betterment of our society. And knowing that and having that belief as my core conviction, I almost look at it like self-inspired, right? Self-motivated, like I am my motivation. I am my inspiration. And that's really what I teach other people is to not look for external motivators. Um, So what motivates me is me knowing that I am created to be a contribution, like every day of my life, I get the opportunity, I get the joy of contributing to something or someone because I exist. 
that just thrills me, man. That that just lights a fire um, under me every day that I wake up. Like it's so hard for me to sleep nowadays. I'm 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 pushing about three thirty every morning um, because I literally cannot sleep because I'm waking up with a million ideas on my mind thinking, okay, today, this is how I'm going to contribute. This is the post I'm going to write. This is the, this is, this is the presentation I'm going to create. This is, this is the video I'm going to make. This is, this is the next chapter in my next book. I mean, this is, you know, so me believing that I'm a contributor in and who I am, um, that's what motivates me. I, I, I know that my existence is contributing to someone somewhere, somehow, um, and that just excites me and that just and that just gets me going every day. And I think like for me, it's leaving a legacy at this point mm. and being a value to people and giving back and positioning my expertise and knowledge in a way that when I was coming up, people didn't necessarily, you know, give me that advice or things that I went through that somebody, you know, 10 years, 15 years younger than me you know, still in high school or whatever, getting out of high school, that some of the, the choices they can possibly bypass and get to a level of fulfillment or success mm-hmm. faster. And I think as long as you wake up the next day, you have the opportunity to change your direction, yes. regardless of, you know, what your current state is, because it's not a stationary location. So if you're depressed, you're down, you're going through a lot of trials, you're, you know, you're impoverished in terms of, you know, what you, you know, where you are in life, you can still change that as long as you wake up the next day and you can do something about it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Nothing's permanent. So what's you know? one thing that you've had in terms of something you've struggled with that you've taken and turned it into a strength that you may be utilizing today? Um, that one is really easy. While I have multiple ones, uh, I think the biggest one would be that I stuttered as a young, as a young boy, as a young man probably around the age of, I don't know, as far as I can remember, seven or eight, I guess. I had always had a speech impediment, um, stuttering, however you want to name it or frame it. Um, But it was hard for me to get the sentence going. It was hard for me to start a sentence, uh, to pronounce certain words, to articulate certain thoughts and ideas. And now today, when I preach, when I teach, when I speak, one of the things that I leverage and one of the things that I utilize, uh, you know, in the motivation business and the inspiration business is helping people see past or helping people to see, you know, h- how they can, how they can still succeed, how they can still, you know, grow, how they can still contribute, you know, even in the midst of having something that would normally hinder that. And, and so, I just find it wonderful that uh, while I still at moments have times just in normal conversations, right, getting words going and getting things started, that when I hit a stage or when I preach or teach, that it, it just kind of like melts away. It just kind of goes away. And so I like to use that because there's so many people that have gifts or that have something to contribute. And there's one thing about themselves that they don't like and it, it just totally hinders them or stops them or prevents them from moving forward. And I like to ask the question, even to myself or to audiences, I wonder how many dreams, you know, go unfulfilled, how many goals, how many, how many great ideas uh, lay dormant because there's something about yourself that you don't like to the point that you would rather, you know, remain isolated 
and hindered and stuck versus, you know, pressing through or finding creative ways to in fact highlight that very thing and then to encourage others. And so um, I guess my point is, is that, you know, rather than looking at that, you know, issue and saying, okay, well, because this is a problem, I can't be a speaker. I can't obviously preach or teach. Um, I look at the result it may have or the impact that it may have in the life of someone else. And that's what helps me get past it for myself because I'm more concerned with what if I stood up here and stuttered over three or four sentences, yet I got a message across that inspired, that motivated someone. How much freedom would someone experience? How many breakthroughs can I contribute to by showing my flaw and getting past it? You know, and so that's what, you know, that's really what drives me. It's like, man, instead of being afraid to show my flaw, let me, let me highlight my flaw because we all have them. And so maybe if I highlight mine, if I go first and say, hey, look at me, I'm jacked up right here. I fear this thing right here. I am so messed up right here. But guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. You know, how many people can be inspired and set free by that? And um, so it, it's, it's sort of like taking that fear and kind of like rechanneling it toward the betterment of, of someone. Yeah, I think harnessing something that you may not want to highlight or, you know, may not be proud of or something that you're going through, highlighting it, using it to your advantage, using it for something positive and being an example for somebody else, because most likely than not, there's somebody else in a similar situation <laughs> that they can get value out of it and connect to it. Absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, either personal or professional? Um, I believe personal and professional professional um, is something I like to call energy before execution, energy before execution. Uh, I like to draw the analogy of, um, let's say I'm in a room with someone and um, let's say I'm in, in a room with hey, a good friend of mine and I know that my friend loves, let's say, uh, Snicker bars, just for example. He loves Snickers. Now I can, I can, I can hand my friend a Snicker bar and say, hey man, here's a Snickers. Um, and when I do that, that energy that I'm utilizing to give him that Snicker bar, he's going to receive it. He's going to be grateful. He's going to appreciate it because I say, Hey man, here's a Snicker bar out of love, out of, you know, I thought about him. I, I had concern for him. Um, in the same way, I could take that same Snicker bar and I could toss it across the floor and say, Hey man, Here's your Snickers. The difference in that is, is I still had something that he wanted or that he would appreciate. I still gave it to him. I still exchanged it. I still took it from my hands to his hands. But it was the way that I did it. It, it was it was one way showed care and concern and appreciation. The other way I I, I showed neglect and you know just just you know some sort of bad energy. Um, one thing that I've I've learned in business and in my personal life is that what impacts people the most is how you show up. It's almost like presence over product, right? So if you're in business, if you're in sales, if you have a service that you provide, if there's a product that you provide, um, you know, like, like myself, if, if you speak, you present, you preach, you teach, um, how I show up, how you show up 
for your audience or for your customer, maybe you own a store, a boutique, um, and you have customers that come into your store or come into your place of business. The thing that I can really pass on is really focus, you know, obviously you want to have a great product. Obviously you want to have a great service. Absolutely. Excellence, you know, absolutely. But what I find is what's more important and what's more impactful is how you show up how you are present, right? Presence over your product, energy over, over your execution, because you can have an excellent presentation, but do it in the wrong spirit and no one receives what you say. You can have a great slam dunk product, but you as a person can have a bad energy or just have a bad mood or just, you know, the way that you show up to work is just grumpy or just negative and it just it just overrides the experience um and so people you know especially in today's society people are looking for positive experiences it, you know experiences is 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 what impacts people i once heard you know you may forget what i do for you but you'll never forget the way i make you feel um and so if you are a person in business service products uh, ministries, whatever you are doing or servicing for other people, your number one concern should be your energy. Your number one concern should be your presence, how you show up, because that's going to um, cause repeat customers. That's going to be of much greater value than anything that you can pro actually provide for that person. So if you got the great product, awesome. Now have great presence. And now you got um, a two for one, man, that you that you can't be. Yeah, and I think passion for something can't be taught. So it, even if you're the smartest person or whatever, but like, let's say you're cocky about it uh, in terms uh -huh. of your skills, if you don't have the passion, if somebody's passionate, almost anything in life can be taught as long as that person is willing to learn. Yes. So I think there's an underemphasis of, of soft skills in today's day and age in terms of, you know, that emotional IQ and connecting with people. And in terms of like, leaving or connecting on an emotional level in terms of marketing that's what differentiates you from your competitor mm. if you have that emotional con connection you're going to be top of mind with that <laughs> client or potential customer and they're going to keep coming back to you because that experience made them feel a certain way and that's the thing that reminds them because every memory we have it's associated with some kind of emotional event either positive or negative that's right. Wow. You nailed it. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I surprise myself. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, you, 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 I mean, you hit it right on the head, man. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you and some of the things you may have going on? Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me. Um, and to anyone that would want more information um, about me, the things that I have coming up, the things that I'm doing, um, you can find me on every social media platform, including my website URL, which is I am the possible. I am the possible dot com. Uh, that's a registered hashtag. Uh, that's my registered trademark. That's my business and company. Um, so I am the possible all one word lowercase uh, and you can find me anywhere online um, I do have a new book out uh, this is my second book just released it uh, it's called what is enough how to lighten your load and find what makes you happy uh, it is a book that is dedicated to that very question and surprisingly that same answer what is enough uh, that's the question on many people's hearts and minds today and it deals with 
the perfectionist. It deals with the A-type personality. It deals with the go-getter, the grinder, the hustler. Those of us who are of the mindset at times, that's not, that's not everyone, but sometimes uh, in my own experience as a go-getter, uh, I find that we are often placed in positions where we're pressured to perform and we're often conditioned to find our relevance, our significance, our, our value in our performance. And so I like to say anyone who has a belief that they must do more in order to be more, this book is for you. Um, your value is not found in what you can do, but it is found in what you are. So What is Enough is my new book. Um, and that's uh, everywhere online right now, amazon.com. They can they can uh, order that book as well. Uh, but everywhere you can find me is IamThePossible.com. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.